This is Charlie Key. You are listening to the Be a Light podcast. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We are kicking off the new year with a great start to the Be a Light podcast. The first guest of 2022 is Kelsey Hollis. Kelsey was Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen 2016, and she's continued to compete in the Miss America organization since then. She's currently Miss Capital City. Y'all, Kelsey is so wise, genuine, kind, and she truly lives her life with the purpose of serving God. This episode is definitely worth the listen. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kelsey, uh, for our first episode of 2022. It's such a blessing to have you here. Thank you for having me, and it's an honor to be your first guest for this year. Of course. <laughs> so the question of the Be Light podcast is why, because I believe when we know our why, then we're able to put purpose and motivation behind everything we do, and it's not just checking things off a to-do list. So Kelsey, what is your why? Oh, I would say it definitely kind of stems from two things collectively. Uh, one, my brother. Uh, he was diagnosed with autism when he was about four or five years old. Uh, And I think just as I was growing up, I kind of started to notice the differences that not only were occurring in his life, but also my family's lives Um, and just kind of how our lives were different, uh, not necessarily bad or abnormal, Um, but there are just differences. And I wanted to be able to kind of take those and embrace them, uh, but also kind of show others that there is, I guess, light on the other side um, of those differences. So my brother definitely has been my motivation throughout this process. And secondly, I would say God for sure. Um, I think just kind of knowing that you're in a position, like you said, to be blessed mm-hmm. uh, and bring other people closer uh, to Christ and everything that he has to offer for our lives. So I think just when things get difficult and when I'm not really sure what to do or uh, when I need that kind of reminder of like, why am I even here? Yeah. Uh, just going back to my faith and having that reminder from Christ has, has really been a silver lining for me as well. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So you are a phenomenal singer. You have such a powerful voice. And so I want to know, what do you love about singing? Um, gosh, there's so many different things and aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say just kind of the ability uh, that it has to communicate in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, music- I think has really become like an international language, literally. Um, and there's so many different ways that you're able to, once again, bring people closer to Christ, uh, but also kind of just give people that peace of mind and that moment of just knowing um, that everything's going to be okay, whether it's through hearing a song that makes you feel good or mm-hmm. um, the lyrics that are kind of behind every talent piece that I've picked. I've always tried to pick yeah. a talent piece really does have purpose and has some connection to Christ in some way, shape or form. I don't think I've ever actually sung a song that doesn't mention God or mm-hmm. having faith or, you know, just that aspect. Um, I think it's really important. And I grew up singing in church. So just because that has always been a huge aspect of my life, I think God has done a really amazing job of keeping that anointing on my life and uh, just using it as a purpose uh, once again, to just minister throughout this organization. Absolutely. Something I love about singing too is that it's just, it's not logical. Like it doesn't really make sense. Obviously the anatomy of your voice makes sense, but other than that, just the beauty of it is so, it's so God. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. People like kind of ask me um, about my journey just through music. I think getting to this point, I have that moment of like, how did I even get here? Like, how do I do this? How does my voice <laughs> yeah. able to sound? Um, and it truly has, I think throughout my life been a gift that I'm like, I know this has come from God. Um, I saw a video the other day that kind of talked about knowing that your purpose and your gift is like that one thing that you can do amazing and at the top of your game Mm -hmm. and like 
no one else really understands it and it doesn't really make sense. It's just kind of natural. Exactly. Um, I I definitely feel that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) So you're an advocate for autism acceptance, like you mentioned before with your brother. You've done so many incredible things with this. You have a three-step initiative called A-Cubed, which you've implemented into the Tennessee school system. Will you talk to me about what that is? Yes. So A-Cubed is kind of a a system that I want to also spread further into the Georgia system as well. Um, I want to, it's a three-step initiative uh, that starts with the educational aspect of kind of just letting people know that awareness of what autism is, everything that it entails. Um, Then you have that interactive aspect of actually merging the two communities, um, kind of showing the different I guess you could say experiences from both sides and using them to allow people to connect. Um, And then you kind of take that and push it out into the world. Um, That educational aspect, I think, is really difficult to connect with if you're not really accepting Mm -hmm. of what it is. Um, So I also have uh, in high school, I was able to start a pageant for girls with disabilities. Uh, When I started doing pageantry, it kind of was that one thing that like if I needed that reminder of who I was or that kind of push of confidence, that literally was what gave it to me. And I wanted to be able to experience as well. Um, So as I continue to do that, I'm hoping to also use my initiative uh, to push throughout that pageant process as well. They're teamed up with buddies throughout the day. So hopefully I'm hoping that that also will be something that's monumental. Um, Eventually in the pageant world as well, I actually was able to compete at Miss Tennessee with a girl that has autism. Um, And it was awesome. It was amazing, but very clear that there were a lot of other girls that didn't really understand her. um, And a lot of the things that she just kind of naturally goes through on a daily basis. So fixing those small things has been really big. And I think this initiative can really be that uh, kind of change and spark for our society. Absolutely. That's incredible. And I'm sure it's changed so many people's lives for the better. You also have a foundation called TABS, Teaching Autism Awareness by Siblings. So uh, will you tell me how that came about and what the goal of that is? Yeah, so like I said, um, just as I was getting older, me and my brother are only two years apart, um, but I'm a grade ahead. So we always were kind of with each other in school. Um, And just seeing those differences was something that was really big. I started to notice also that, of course, there are other families like us that have siblings that are in school together and go through those things um, that are kind of very similar, I think, just collectively for those that have been diagnosed in their families. Uh, mm-hmm. So PABS, uh, Teaching Autism Awareness by Siblings, uh, was an organization, nonprofit organization that I founded also in high school, um, just to kind of have those, I guess, like a community where everyone can just focus talking about uh, the experiences that we go through and different ways that we can educate other people on the things that we're going through as well. So uh, I think really that has been a a big thing that's helped me to stay grounded also. Process and knowing that there are other people that experience the things that I do. I'm not in this alone. Um, And also there are other people that have an appreciation for my brother the way that I do. Um, Because that also, I think, has just been really difficult. Uh, I I should say a difficult aspect of Mm -hmm. having a that has a disability because you do have to deal with other people's reactions and them not naturally knowing uh, that they're still an amazing person and still have tons of things to offer, just maybe in a different way. So yeah. um, I'm hoping to continue to have those conversations and really involve other people uh, in tabs as well. That's so great. And I think something that's always important in every aspect of life is community and knowing that you're not alone. What is one misconception that people often have about autism? I would say really just kind of that silver lining of like they're dumb or they don't have the capacity to understand certain things. Um, My brother actually just graduated from college and he's gone back 
uh, second degree. And I can truly say that he is one of the smartest people that I know. And he is not only one of the um, smartest people that I know that has autism, but I think even just going into other disabilities that kind of are reflective of autism, ADHD, ADD, um, people that have those aren't dumb. I think, like I said, you just kind of have to find a way to communicate and collectively just put everyone in a situation where we can all operate effectively. So um, I would say that's the hardest part, I guess, from being on my side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I'm people is that at the end of the day, um, although I am an advocate and I want to do everything that I possibly can to uh, help people to understand those that do have autism and disabilities, I don't have autism. And so there are definitely things I'm sure that bother my brother um, that I haven't even noticed, which is another reason why I think it's important uh, that we involve them in this process of education for other people uh, so that they really can see firsthand uh, that they not only have the capacity to be able to really be successful, but that they're not dumb. And they really do, uh, I guess, have reactions, you know, and they do mm -hmm. understand people uh, kind of are side eyeing them or not really even giving them that chance to really truly and fully be themselves. So uh, I think that part is, has been really big for me as well, just making sure that I'm taking the time to have those conversations with my brother and those that have been diagnosed as well. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations to your brother. That's so great. Doing awesome. I'm really proud for him. Really happy. Awesome. So how can we all create a, a more inclusive world for people who've been diagnosed with autism? Right. I think it starts with one, opening your heart. Um, definitely just understanding that it's not going to be uh, a typical situation. Mm -hmm. I think we have to kind of be able to push ourselves to understand that just like we have friends that, you know, obviously don't have disabilities, but we're different. And uh, those differences that we're able to kind of work through with each other, we have to be that open to doing that for other people, even if we don't understand them. But once again, I think it goes back to that educational aspect. Um, if I think if your heart is opened and your mind is open to kind of being able to absorb those things that uh, may not be comfortable or, you know, may not even just make sense. Um, that's definitely the first step. And I think that really is something that it just in society is difficult a lot of times. So. Uh, pushing those boundaries and just breaking those uncomfortable conversations, I think, is definitely one thing that can be monumental as well. Absolutely. That's great. So what is some encouragement that you would give someone who is maybe insecure about their differences or who's having trouble embracing those? I guess it goes back to really just saying, like, you were created the way that you were for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, I tell my the time that, like, God knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't a mistake. Um, it wasn't even necessarily a negative trait that he's given you. It's just different and you're unique. Um, I even hate, really, I've gotten into this horrible habit of um, sometimes still disabled uh, when really I like to say that they're differently abled. Um, I think kind of putting that handicap of disabled does kind of incapacitate um, them and everything that they're able to do. So um, that would definitely be my first piece of advice. Uh, mm -hmm. Second, uh, one thing that was really helpful for my brother just throughout the process of getting older. Um, I think adapting to his autism as well as kind of growing into it was early intervention. Um, my parents did a really great job of taking him to different appointments to see speech pathologists, um, even 
therapist that could help him to work on his motor skills, because that is something that uh, a lot of people who have been diagnosed struggle with as they're getting older. Um, so I encourage parents all the time, if you even have the slightest idea uh, that your child may have a disability or um, once I said, like I said before, even going back to like ADHD, it doesn't even have to be a disability that's severe. Don't be afraid to go get them checked out. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, that's what our doctors are here for. That's what we're paying them for. So um, I think early intervention is also something that I highly advise people to do. Like I said, my brother benefited from it uh, tremendously as he was getting older and even really to this day, still going to those appointments and just having a space to feel safe and understood, I think is really important as well. Exactly. And I love what you were saying earlier about how God made you the way you are for a reason. And I think it's so easy to look at everyone else and compare ourselves and try and be like someone else. But if God wanted us to all be the same, then we would be the same. But he made us different. He made us different for a reason. And I think once we accept that and once we accept the little unique things that make us who we are, then we can truly step into the purpose that he has for us. Because if we're constantly looking to the right and to the left, then we're never going to see what he has right in front of us. Right. And I think even just getting older, like as a woman, that has been a pinnacle, I think, of me just kind of being able to fall into my purpose and success. Like you said, you literally will never be successful if you're not able to accept yourself first. Um, And I think the only way to really fully do that is through Christ and having that relationship with him. Um, And I think once I came to a point where I was comfortable with that and didn't have that hesitation of even talking about my faith in front of people, um, the process was just kind of smooth and everything just kind of became really apparent to me. Uh, So God is is definitely a huge factor, I think, really in everything. Absolutely. So family is obviously something that's super important to you. And something that I was thinking about recently is, you know, my family's super important to me. My grandfather always tells us, aside from God, family's the most important thing. And I believe that. But I was wondering, you know, what's the deeper meaning of family? Like, there's obviously something deep to it. It's not just surface level. So what does family mean to you? I would say, once again, kind of going back to the uh, comment that you made earlier, just about community. Mm -hmm. I believe that when all else fails, your family is literally the kind of, I guess, like circle, the guardians that God has kind of placed in your life for when you don't really know uh, if you're even really loved, when you don't know what you're supposed to do next, when you're not sure um, what your next move may be. Your family is kind of that silver lining to know, like, at the end of the day, I'm loved. I'm appreciated and I do have people in my corner that do understand me from a point of love. Um, Mm -hmm. I also believe that kind of your family is, I guess, ironically, the only people that really benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't, I should say they don't benefit really at all from loving you. Uh, So, and I think that's really when you know love is genuine, uh, when you know that there's absolutely nothing that that person can gain from you um, and they still are able to care from you and appreciate you in that way. So just having a community of of people that you know, love you will always be in your corner, whether you mess up um, or whether you're at the top of your game is the meaning of family to me. And it's become something that has definitely carried me uh, in those moments of disparity as I've gotten older. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And, you know, when I was thinking family is something that is so biblical, like from the beginning, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he made Eve as a companion for Adam. 
And there's a verse in Ecclesiastes where it talks about two is better than one because if one falls and the other can help them up. And that just reminds me so much of family because when we fall, they're the people who help us up and God right. put them in our lives for a reason. And it also goes on to talk about how by yourself, it's easy to be overpowered. But when you have other people behind you, then they can help defend you. And a cord of three strands can't be broken. And I was just like, that is the definition of family. And I, I think the enemy understands that there is something so powerful about family and about that community. And that is why there are so many broken families out there, because the enemy is out to destroy families because he knows that it's a threat to him. And he knows that it will bring people closer to God. And so at the end of the day, community is important no matter how much hurt you've been through from people. Right. And I even just kind of throughout the process of meeting different people who do have like siblings that have disabilities, even parents that have disabilities, uh, it definitely does kind of like you said, have the power to break things apart. And I really do think that that is just solely the devil. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's I think once again, that's why it's so important to not only have God involved in your life, but also just collectively in your family's lives. I think my parents just kind of having us in church growing up, making sure that God was a huge part of our lives, definitely kept us together in those moments of frustration or in those moments of, um, I should say, in those times where my brother had just been diagnosed and my parents were still kind of trying to figure things out. Um, Just kind of knowing, once again, that life itself is a blessing Mm -hmm. um, and appreciate each other from a point of love, once again, and understanding, even if things aren't necessarily perfect. So um, that blending of just understanding what an attack from the devil really is um, and how to kind of combat that in a way that's in a community still is, is really important. Absolutely. So you've been involved in the Miss America organization for a long time. You were Miss George's Outstanding Teen 2016 and second runner-up to Miss America's Outstanding Teen. And now you're in the Miss Division at you were Miss Warner's Miss Warner Robbins Outsta- Miss Warner Robbins, <laughs> not Outstanding Teen, <laughs> um, Miss Music City, and now you're Miss Capital City. So when did you start competing in the Miss America organization? So I started, I would believe, I guess technically 2013. Um, I know I was 13 years old. So yeah, 2013. Um, And it's interesting. I tell people all the time. I competed for a whole year. uh, The first year that I started as a teen and I did not win a title. Um, I remember at the end of that season, I had done, I believe it was Conyers Terry Blossom. Um, And I placed second runner up and I just knew in my head as before they did that crown, I was like, this is my shot. Like I've got it. I'm about to go to Miss Georgia this year. And so after the pageant, I was devastated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember kind of asking my mom, like, I feel like I'm doing everything that I possibly could. Like, why am I not good enough? Um, And looking back now, I think just kind of having that mentality was a clear sign that I wasn't ready for that Mm -hmm. opportunity yet. Um, I think I had to kind of go through not having success to understand, one, what it really is um, and being able to appreciate success when it did come. Um, But also to understand that, like, my value and who I just am and was meant to be as a woman wasn't placed in a crown. It wasn't placed in a sash. Um, And I think until I was able to accept that and really know that I'm special regardless of whether I won a title or not, uh, was kind of, I guess, that boundary that I needed to break before God told me like, okay, you're ready now. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I worked really hard after that off season and I came back and won this one around the outstanding team. Um, And kind of from that point on, it was kind of like a bug, I guess. I, you kind of fall in love with the organization and everything that it entails from the community service aspects, to the talent aspects. So just a meeting amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that has been the one thing that I've enjoyed the most about this organization. I've met so many amazing people. 
Um, and I think it all just kind of puts us in a situation where you're able to be around people that are passionate about different things. Um, and I think just that passion kind of drives us together and kind of brings us closer. Uh, so I've really, it's been an amazing journey, definitely transitioning from team to miss, um, entailed a lot of growth on my end, <laughs> work and a lot of, uh, I'd say sacrifice too, in mm-hmm. a way, but it's rewarding. And I tell people all the time that I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Even going back to my first, like I said, that year of not winning a title, um, it was completely worth it. Um, I encourage girls to keep trying no matter what scholarship money is literally what has kept me in school um, up to this point and hopefully will continue to keep me in school. Uh, so yeah, this is, this organization really has just been a blessing for me overall. Absolutely. I was 13 when I started too. And back then I, I wasn't even sure why I was competing. I just knew that like my sister had done it. I love to sing. So I was going to be able to sing more and I love community service. I'd have a larger platform for that. So I just did it. And leaving Miss Georgia my first year, I didn't have, I didn't win anything, but I still wanted to keep doing it. And I wasn't even sure why even at that point, but the more I competed, the more I was challenged to get to know myself. And in order to get to know myself, I had to get to know God because my identity is found in him. All of our identity is found, is found in him. And we can become confident in who we are when we're confident in who he is. And so I'm just so grateful to this organization and all that it's done and all the opportunities it's given and just how it's helped me grow as a person. And I know that everyone involved has had the same experience. Yeah. So through this organization, you've been able to be a mentor for so many people. So who's been a mentor for you? Oh, I've had so many. I think the mentor that I would say has just really been super monumental in my journey was Thomas Barnett. Um, and I should say is Thomas Barnett. <laughs> uh, I remember when I first started competing, he sat me down and um, he would kind of just have these really raw conversations with me um, that put me in a position to understand that there also, like I said, were people in this organization that have so much heart for what they do and so much heart for us just as we're working through that process. Uh that it lets you know that they really do care about you and that they value you not only for what you bring to the table, but just who you are as a woman. Um, I remember him specifically saying that it doesn't matter how much I want it. If I don't want it through God, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. God's plan for me, if it's not God's purpose for me, then I'm wasting my time. Um, and that kind of pushed me into once again, figuring out my why um, and everything that I wanted to accomplish in the future years that I was going to be competing uh, I don't think if I had I had not worked with him and had I not met him, I really don't think that uh, my motivation behind everything that I'm doing and uh, the purpose behind everything that I've been able to accomplish up to this point would be as significant um, mm-hmm. because it definitely would not be as deeply rooted in Christ. And I wouldn't have that appreciation um, and also the confidence to just know that like being able to speak about your faith on this huge platform is a blessing. Like it's not mm-hmm. something that from it's not something to hide um i mean or even be discreet about um and he definitely gave me the confidence to do that uh, as a contestant as a woman in life and um i think that's all also what this organization ends up going back to like this is preparing us for so much more than just pageantry Mm -hmm. um i think those aspects of real life that i've noticed like myself just growing and developing as a woman has really been the thing that uh, has made this experience so rewarding for me um and has what really what really has been what has pushed me to keep competing as well. Absolutely. I love that. And the mentors that you 
gained through this organization truly are life-changing. One for me has been Haley Tillery. She has blessed my life in so many ways. And she's really the reason that I did find my why because she was pushing me through interview prep to, you know, find your why. Because if you don't know your why, then you're not going to be able to answer any other question. And she said, your why is there. You just have to realize what it is. And so that really changed my life and helped inspire this podcast. <laughs> so how has this organization changed your life for the better from the time that you were 13 to now? So my mom, actually, the first pageant that I did, it was like my middle school pageant uh, the year before I started competing in the Miss America organization. And she forced me to do it. Up to that point, I was like super into sports. Um, being on stage, like in a dress was just never something that myself doing. Um, I have been singing my whole life. So that part of it was captivating. Um, but I say all that to say, um, I think that it really has just kind of put me in a position to understand, like you have so much more to offer. I think I knew I was talented and I knew that, uh, you know, I have peculiar thoughts and different ideas that really could be monumental for society and big differences that I wanted to make. But once again, just having that confidence of knowing, like I'm actually capable of doing this. Um, I think we all have dreams like in the back of our minds, but that reality of like, this is what it actually takes to get there. And I'm actually going to do it. And I'm actually yeah. going to make this not just for myself, but for the cause and for those that really do need that voice um, and need that push of confidence that uh, they don't naturally have in themselves. So I think this organization has just really forced me to kind of understand myself, but also to appreciate myself um, because that was something that I struggled with growing up. I wasn't very confident at all. Um, and honestly, I'd say really up until these past, maybe like two or three years, uh, I wasn't even confident fully in myself competing. Uh, and I think I was very lucky to still have been blessed throughout that process of figuring out myself, um, and being successful on a state level and a national level, but it didn't feel as rewarding as it feels now to know that, you know, I've been able to be successful, literally 100% being myself. Um, I remember the year that I actually won Miss George's Outstanding Team before my interview, my mom sat me down and she was like, look, I know you're going to do great, but I want you to understand that if you go in that interview room and you pretend to be someone else, that's fine. But if you win, that person is who you're going to have to be for the next 365 days. So you can do that or you can go in and you can be yourself and project the ideas that God has given you as your true self and actually get to experience this as the woman that God has created you to be if you're able to win. Um, and that year I actually had the highest interview score, not only out of like all the teens, but out of the Miss con contestants too. Um, but her just kind of giving me that reminder of like the woman that God has created you to be is enough. You just have to show them who she mm -hmm. is. Um, so yeah, this organization has really pushed me, I think in a lot of ways, but my confidence and uh, just that validation of the woman that I am uh, kind of being given to me through being able to display the talents that God has given me has been really huge. That's so beautiful. And your mom is absolutely right. And I've had to learn that as well, because if I go into that judge's room and pretend like I'm someone that I'm not, then if I were to win, then I would feel like I didn't win as myself. And that right. would be heartbreaking because then it would make me think, oh, in order to be enough, then I have to pretend like I'm this person that I pretended to be in the interview room. And exactly. the truth is you just need to be yourself. And if it's God's plan for you to win that year and to serve, then that will happen. But if it's not, then it's not going to happen. And he has greater things for you and another door and another opportunity. 
So it can be very easy to use accomplishments as validation that we're enough. And has there ever been a time that you used your accomplishments as validation? Oh, well, of course. Uh, like I said before, you know, when I first started competing, that was my validation. Like if I, if I did well, then I knew I'm worthy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think kind of having those moments of not being successful, even if um, it's placing top five, but not actually winning. Uh, I think still kind of put me in a position to reevaluate myself uh, when I would feel like I put my best foot forth and did everything that I possibly could and still wasn't happy on the inside and still didn't feel fulfilled. Then I knew that I needed to kind of reflect on myself again and kind of understand why are you actually doing this? Like if you have to use a plaque being given to you on a preliminary night to validate the reason that God has even put you in this blessed position in the first place, you're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think I just had to reevaluate myself, like I said, just throughout that process. But there definitely have been times, uh, I'd say when I was younger, probably around maybe like 14, 15, the first year that I went to Miss Georgia, um, that I used kind of how I did that year. Because I, the first year that I went, I placed third, third runner up um, Mm -hmm. and I won talent. And so in my mind, I was like, I'm good. I was like, I don't even think I want to go back because if I don't do as well as I did the first time, like I'm going to be upset. And that shouldn't even be like your focus at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, even the fact that I went back, ended up going back that next year was huge because it kind of put me in a position where I really did have to say, if this does not happen, like you still are talented, you're Mm -hmm. so beautiful. You still have changed the lives of so many different people through being able to minister for Christ. And that's really what it's about at the end of the day. Um, And I think that validation of knowing that my faith has come first um, and that I'm doing everything that I can through Christ to impact this organization and this world um, has really been the only validation I think that I've needed up to this point. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I think in the Bible, I think it's in Corinthians where it talks about, you know, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I celebrate in my, in my weaknesses because God doesn't want someone who's totally qualified and something that I've struggled with for a while. It's been a big fear of mine is not being enough, whether that's in pageantry or on the soccer field, or even in my relationship with God. Sometimes I think, you know, I don't pray good enough. I don't worship good enough. I don't read my Bible good enough. And the truth is without Jesus, I'm not enough because I'm a sinful human and I'm going to mess up. But through Christ, we are new creation. And so all God wants is a surrendered and devoted heart. And I think the best way to be humbled is to fail because that's when you learn the most about who you are and who God is. And it reminds you of how much you truly do need God. Right. There's actually a uh, story in the Bible that my mom has kind of always reminded me uh, to keep in the back of my mind. And it's in Daniel and it kind of talks about the Hebrew children and there's this fire and somehow everybody's still alive. Everything's okay. And literally it gets so peculiar to the point where, they're like, this has to be God. Um, A lot of times just those imperfections that we have uh, or even the trials and tribulations that we go through, we naturally want to hide them uh, because we're supposed to have this perfect persona. You know, you do pageants and you're pretty and everything's supposed to be put together 100%, 24-7. But I think also just about this process, having that fulfilling moment of realizing that like I can be imperfect and it still can be impactful for people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you not looking for someone that's 100% qualified or has everything together all the time. Um, I think reminding myself that like there's someone watching me at every point in time and whether it be for the fact that they need to see like 
oh, that's how a child of God handles adversity. Like, I kind of want to get some of that. I want to know how I can get in that position. Or um, it could be a situation of someone being literally in the same exact position as you and just needing to know that there is a way out. There's an, another end kind of on the other end of uh, bad things happening or adversity, whether it's internal or external. Um, so just being able to stand in my fire, I think has been something that's really big for me as well, because I am a very private person. Um, I think just in general, and I'm a perfectionist. And so that mentality of just kind of wanting to only show the good things uh, was my mindset for a while when I first started competing. Um, and I think once I, like I said, got to the point where I could accept those flaws and understand that God is still working, even when things aren't perfect, um, has been really big for me. And hopefully also for the people that I've come in contact with that kind of needed that support or reminder as well. Absolutely. That is so good. And I think that it's our, it's our weaknesses and it is our imperfections that make us relatable to people and people see, Oh wait, she's not perfect. It's okay to mess up. And so I think when we place that perfectionism on ourselves and that's when we are truly drained and that's when we get burnt out, that's not, that's not even what God wants. I mean, (laughs) to birth his son, God chose Mary, a young girl who didn't have any money. She wasn't a princess. You know, he chose someone who had a humbled and devoted heart. And one of my favorite verses is when Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant may be done to me according to your word, because she just had total surrender to God and to his plan. So what, what is the key to being authentically you? Because authenticity is something that is so important. And it's like we were talking about earlier. It's so easy to pretend like you're somebody else to feel worthy. Right. Uh, So of course, once again, accepting yourself, you can't really portray who you really are uh, if you're not comfortable, comfortable and confident with it uh, yet. But I think also just kind of being willing to say like, I'm in a position where I'm blessed and I'm in a position where I can impact tons of people. And so in this moment, like this is not necessarily about me. And I would be doing the people around me almost a disservice by holding back on the gifts that God has given me because he's given them to me for a reason. And every gift that we're given through him has been made to be able to minister and to be able to uh, widen his kingdom here on earth. And so I think just kind of reminding myself to not be selfish a lot of times and uh, to not get so stuck in what I want and what feels comfortable. Um, Pushing myself outside of my comfort zone has always been a struggle for me, even since I was a kid. And so just kind of being, (laughs) I guess, cognizant of like pushing, forcing yourself to be uncomfortable sometimes. Um, I'm also kind of like really introverted. And so throughout this process, like I've had to become that person that doesn't have a problem going up to people and talking first. Um, But those things have definitely pushed me uh, and made me a better woman throughout this process. So um, I think it, like I said, I think the biggest point would be going back to like, this is not always about us. It's about our ability to minister and give Mm -hmm. back to the around us um, because the world really does need us. And I think just as women, within our society, within our country, uh, we've kind of been pushed sadly to not really value ourselves in the way that we're meant to be valued. Um, So I think this organization gives us a chance to appreciate ourselves, uh, but also appreciate the other women that are competing as well. But the first step to doing that is accepting yourself, so. Absolutely, amen, that's good. Um, So something that I was thinking about is, I I think when when we're so focused on about what other people think about us, then we're not going to be authentically who we are. And like you said, we're doing a disservice and it, it does 
it's thinking about ourselves too much, honestly, because it's selfish if we're constantly thinking, you know, oh, what are they thinking about me? Oh, it's going to be embarrassing if I do this. Well, the world doesn't revolve around you and not everyone is always thinking about you. (laughs) When you let go of the opinions of other people, then you can truly step into your purpose because you're not thinking about yourself. And our purpose that God gives us is not selfish. It's selfless and it's for his kingdom. And I definitely also kind of used to be that person. Like if I knew that someone, I guess you could say was kind of sizing me up already from the jump, like I would stay from it. Um, and it would make me uncomfortable. And it's like, I realized that I was growing when I caught myself in those positions and my mentality went straight to like, okay, this is my, this might be a little challenge, but like, I want to see how much I can work them to really get them to, I guess, see my heart and see my intentions and hopefully bring them into feeling the same way that I feel, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of faith and just Christ in general. Uh, the best way I think to minister really is through our actions. Uh, there are so many people, sadly, that are really good at quoting Bible verses and can tell you every story, uh, but that's not really how they're living in real life. And so mm-hmm. i just kind of like reminding myself of the importance of actually living the way that I'm, I guess, like talking about and the things that I'm talking about and the actions that I'm telling people are important. Uh, making sure that I'm actually implementing that in my life on a daily basis as well is really important. Um, and I think a lot of people sadly lose faith um, yeah. in that throughout the process of kind of becoming better as well. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of the verse that talks about faith without works is dead. Because yeah. if if we know everything about God, if we have faith in God, but if we're not living the way that he wants us to live, then do we truly love him? Because right. if you love someone, then you're, you're going to want to do good things for them. You're going to want to make them happy. And the things that make God happy are living out his purpose and loving other people, no matter how different they may be. This whole stuff is big. I'm telling you, especially mm-hmm. whether it's from a standpoint of like working with my platform and kind of just seeing uh, the differences of those that have disabilities and still being able to love them. But also from a standpoint of like, and I'm sure you can attest to this too. And pageantry can get a little catty. And people- <laughs> Just sometimes. I'm telling you, it is hard sometimes to take a step back and say like, okay, I'm still going to love you right now. Like I'm still going to be right now. I'm still going to show. Um, and the word that I have kind of had to ingrain in my mind um, is actually agape, which is a word that uh, is used in the Bible, A-G-A-P-E. It's a Greek word. And it kind of talks about Uh, well, I guess in its entirety, it's the unconditional love that Christ has for us and expects us to have for each other. Um, But that has been difficult throughout my process of just growing in faith and uh, having to understand, once again, it's not about me. Like in this moment, my flesh may feel upset um, or offended or disrespected, but at the end of the day, like I'm here to make sure that you know that my heart is rooted in Christ and that Mm -hmm. Tensions are also rooted in Christ. So uh, keeping that silver lining and that even balance of like, don't mess with me, but I'm still going to love you is I think really important also. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's so important. Like when our flesh is upset, it's so important not to act immediately out of our emotions. We have to take a back, step back and breathe and evaluate the situation and say, okay, I know God does not want me to lash out at this person. God does not want me to step down and, you know, not not love them. God wants us to love them no matter what they do to us because his command is love God and love people, no (laughs) exceptions, no matter how much they may hurt you. So if you could leave one last piece of advice for our listeners, what would that be? Uh, I would say to just always make sure that you are living your philosophy and embodying your philosophy, not just saying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That at the end of the day, I want people to know 
uh, when I leave a room is that my heart, not only for Christ, is huge and unconditional, but also my love and uh, the way that I care for others is unconditional as well. Um, and I think it's important to just once again understand your why, understand the reason that you started everything that you do, but also make sure that that reason is rooted um, in good intention and that it's not any you know selfishness or um, meant for self accolades. And that has been, I guess, just a huge part of my journey and just understanding. Um, how important every single thing that we do is uh, and the fact that people are watching you all the time. Um, but I guess in its entirety, like I just want people to know that this organization really is something that can be monumental in the lives of so many different people, but you kind of have to give it a chance and it's mm -hmm. not something going to come to you right off the bat. Um, it's not something that really is even necessarily going to be easy throughout the process of, you know, working and going throughout these uh, different phases, I think of competition uh, throughout the years, but even just in Georgia, I think there's just something special. Um, and I hope that not only people within the state of Georgia are able to come to appreciate the organization and everything that we do to try and change our state um, and our country, but I hope that they're able to just appreciate um, the system in its entirety and everything that the Miss America system really has done for so many women. Being the biggest scholarship provider in our country like is huge. Um, I'm sorry, for women is huge. Yeah. Um, I think that's something to be... Uh, it's something to speak on. And I think it's something that is really underrated that we don't really give enough appreciation to um, throughout our country. So I hope to be a part of that change uh, just throughout this process. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. You had so many wonderful things to say. You just have, you have so much gold in your heart and you truly do live out, like you were saying, it's important to live out what God wants you to do. And it's important to live out your philosophy and you totally do that. It's so evident. So thank you so much for your time and I hope you have a wonderful <laughs> evening. Thank you for listening to the Be A Light podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes.